media. As consumers, we are bombarded by it at every turn, like the Incredible Hulk being bombarded by gamma rays. But what makes some media endure, while others are banished to the forgotten black hole of obscurity, never to be heard from again? Who or what decides this? Hetero life mate Steve and Yehel want to know, and they want to know now. This is Obscurity Now. now, now, now. And what's up, Obscuriverse? It's time for another episode of Obscurity Now, the show that takes a look at weird and almost forgotten pieces of media that we decide they should be remembered for all of human history or tossed in the black hole of obscurity, never to be heard from again. My name is Steve, and with me is a man who's been uh, disavowed by the Secretary of the United States. It's... <laughs> it is I, Yehel. Uh, of a foreign in your American lands. Why <laughs> uh, you're as a, a foreign, a foreign. You're as American as uh, the burrito supreme, aren't you? <laughs> uh, I think you're gonna say American Pie, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! So we're here to discuss uh, Mission Impossible, uh, something that's not obscure, but uh, we've got some obscure media adjacent, and that is in the Mission Impossible uh, comic book. Have you ever have you ever read a Mission Impossible comic book in your entire life? Oh yeah, I, I I'm a big fan. Oh oh you have. I mean I No. no never. <laughs> you I never even heard of it until you emailed me about it uh as a show idea. Um so yeah, how about you? Have you had you read uh any of the Mission Impossible tie-ins? This before? is the only one. Like I, I actually saw there's they oh. had um like a Dell comic, I guess, for the original TV show, which the original show, I think, came out in, like, the 60s. So, I mean, I saw those, but I was like, eh, there's no way that's going to be fun <laughs> to read. Uh, yeah, it's it's weird because, like, Paramount, so, you know, Paramount owns Mission Impossible, mm-hmm. the franchise, the IP, and they also own, as you may be aware, Star Trek. Mm-hmm. And um, Paramount loves doing these. I know they're not the ones that do, but they love doing these comic book tie-ins to the mm-hmm. movies. And the weird thing is, like, they'll make, uh, like, they do this all the time with Star Trek. They'll make the stuff in the comic books canon, mm-hmm. and it's like they'll usually do like a prequel one before the movie or show, and then they'll do one like in between seasons, like about events that happen between mm-hmm. seasons. And I kind of hate it. Because... <laughs> oh no, no, I have to read a comic book. Come on, come on. Well, I don't think you should have. You, I like comic books. Mm-hmm. I have nothing with comic books. I don't think you should like have your TV make your TV audience need to read some, or, or not even read, but consume some other form of media right. to get the full story of the TV show or movie you're showing to them. I think like that's not a great idea, mm-hmm. and I think it can lead to a pre- poor viewing experience because a lot of times people don't even know that there was a comic book explaining xyz thing right and i'm glad you brought that up because uh okay the um, comic we're about to read and we're about to get to it in a second um but the it's got like two stories in it and the first story is like sort of your typical episode of uh of mission impossible and then the second story is actually a, a prequel to the uh original like tom cruise uh, movie from back in uh, 96 97 and uh i even though i was like still deep into comics like going to my uh local comic book store like every day i had no idea that this was a prequel i mean i honestly don't even remember ever seeing it on the shelves so 
maybe they didn't really order a whole lot because, you know, back then, you know, maybe people didn't really look up to, um, you know, the, uh, these kind of comics, uh, well, and also n nobody knew that Mission Impossible was going to end up being a huge right. hit. Right, right, absolutely. But, um, but I mean, we uh, know it now, and uh, now you can get the backstory. It's really, like, once we get through it, I mean, you'll see. I mean, and I don't know how it is with you uh, Trekkies in the, uh, in the Trek universe of Paramount, but what we're about to uh, read is pretty, like, you don't really need it to enjoy the movie. Um, like, you would have to be like the ultimate, like hardcore Mission Impossible fanatic to be like, oh my God, there's a prequel to the Tom Cruise movies. Like I have to read it right now because it barely, as you're going to see, dear viewer slash listener, it doesn't really like reveal too much of the backstory. Well, I mean, with some of the Trek ones, like there's one where um, if you didn't read the comic, you wouldn't know that even though Data gets killed at the fourth TNG movie, mm -hmm. his memories that were put into B4, which is like a prototype of Data, end up like resurfacing and he becomes the captain of the Enterprise. Mm -hmm. uh, like E or F, I can't remember. Uh, it must be the E. And then Worf also in the comics becomes, you know, if you're not reading. And sometimes they'll like allude to that stuff. And if you weren't reading, you have no idea what they're talking about. Um, they kind of finally fixed some of that stuff in the last season of Picard, but yeah, there, there's quite a bit of stuff that's like um, was brought into canon for the Trek books. And the weird thing is, like, at, at least with Trek, like, it's very you never know what part of the comic books are, which comic books are supposed to be canon, mm -hmm. and which ones aren't is the problem too. Oh, huh, that is confusing. I mean, I would say if I was a Paramount exec, I would probably assume that uh, the Trek audience would be more inclined to actually read a comic book than the Mission Impossible uh, audience, which is why I would think maybe there's more Star Trek comics than there is Mission Impossible. I mean, is that fair? Yeah, I don't Yeah, probably. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I, I, like, I remember when the 2009 Star Trek movie came out uh, with the one with Chris Pine and stuff. There was like a whole um, prequel comic hmm. book uh that like involves like card uh i think that's where data becomes in that universe the captain because that's like a different timeline mm -hmm. uh but there's a bunch of other stuff that like it would be nice if it had been you know <laughs> i don't know written to the movie right. so it's just very weird right very i got gotcha. you but anyways well before we on. jump into the mission impossible comic like what is uh what is your history with the mission impossible franchise did you watch the show do you like <laughs> the movies help us out here I, I think I might have caught the show here and there, bits and pieces, maybe like on like a night or something mm -hmm. like that. But uh, I mean, I've I haven't watched all the Mission Impossible movies. I, I think I've watched like maybe half of them. Mm -hmm. Like them, um, they're always pretty good. Um, they're just kind of like long. By, <laughs> yeah, like by half. Do you mean like the first three or the newer ones? The last three? I I feel like I watched the first two. Uh, I watched whichever one Metallica did the soundtrack for uh and i think i watched like the second to last one mm -hmm. uh so i don't even know which ones i've watched to be honest <laughs> i know i watched the first wow. one for sure though all right one of the yes, newer well, ones and i don't know what the other one goes yeah well uh the first time i ever saw mission impossible anything i think there's a largely forgotten like 80s revamp of the show from the 60s 
And I remember my parents kind of turned me on to that because they had already, you know, told me about James Bond and I was really deep into spy stuff. Like I was pretty young and I didn't really understand like sort of the difference between James Bond and Mission Impossible. But all I knew was that there was spy stuff and gadgets and people taking masks off and revealing they were somebody else. So uh, is this is this pre or post you uh, deciding that being in the army is not a good idea? <laughs> I'd say probably during, during, uh, dur yeah. You just really wanted to work for America in some capacity, basically. I, I just wanted to be an with a gun. I just wanted to be an action hero in the '80s, and uh, then I realized that it's better to be an a uh, an actor than the person actually doing the action in real life. Uh, so, uh, so yeah, there you go. Um, and then, yeah, when this movie came out. And I found out it was uh, directed by uh, Brian De Palma because I'm a huge De Palma fan. I was uh, I was all in, and I I went and saw this in the theater, and I loved it. Um, now the second, yeah, I saw it in the theaters too. Mm -hmm. Very good movie. Yeah, good and movie. Uh, the second one I was very disappointed in because it was directed by John Woo, which I was always a huge fan of his. But I don't know if there was some studio interference. This is when Tom Cruise was going through his like long hair phase, and then which eventually led him into like sort of psycho uh, Scientologists, uh, you know, jumping around on Oprah phase. Like it sort of led into that in the third Mission Impossible. I could say I definitely don't like the third Mission Impossible. Um, but then somehow he was able to pull the nose up on his career. And that uh, the fourth Mission Impossible was pretty awesome, like directed by Brad Bird, the guy who directed The Incredibles. And like, uh, they've all been really good after that. Like it was, it's kind of like a, I didn't realize you were, you were such a mission impossible head. Uh, yeah, I'd say so. Uh, I mean the last time I, when I went and saw the latest one, I, um, you know, it was pretty iffy. By the latest one, you mean the one that came out like last weekend or this weekend? <laughs> oh no. Yeah. I, f I forgot. This is a, all right. So it's not out yet, but it will be out this Wednesday. I mean the last one that came out a couple years ago, the one with, um, Henry Cavill in it. Um, and the one where he like, uh, they made a big deal about the fact that he did one of those like atmosphere jumps. And do you remember them make, making mm -hmm. a big deal about that? Uh, I feel like every Mission Impossible movie, like there's a big deal made out of one of the stuff. Oh yeah. That's, that, uh, that's the thing now they, they're like, Hey, look, he's old, but he's still doing crazy crap. Uh, and they also make a, well, he was always doing crazy crap. Like, cause he did all his own stunts pretty much since the first movie. Right. But yeah, like now because of his age, he's uh, 60, I think mm -hmm. 60 or 61. Mm -hmm. Um, I did see an interview. I, I, I will say like, I mean, Tom Cruise is an insane Indeed. person, right? Indeed. We all know that. But, um, I will say I appreciate and admire his passion for filmmaking. Mm -hmm. Uh, you can't say that the guy isn't passionate about the projects he does. Um, you know, and he puts his heart and soul into it and he does seem to care about like not just the cast, but his crew on his, uh, film sets as well. So, you know, uh, sure he works, uh, or is a part of an organization that kidnaps people, mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. just 45 minutes from where Wait, I you're live. You're not talking about but, the uh, impossible, impossible mission force, are you? I'm talking about. Oh, <laughs> yeah, no, I knew exactly. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't know as long as you can. But when it comes to filmmaking, his heart seems to be oh, in the right place. Can't, can't argue with absolutely. that. Absolutely. I mean, uh, uh, Top Gun 2 was pretty good. Um, like all the, 
I haven't watched it yet, but yeah, I've heard nothing but good things about and, it. And uh, the fact that, you know, he makes a big deal about, you know, little to, to no CGI in these Mission Impossible films. You know, they go and they do it uh, old school with actual stunts. And uh, yeah, I mean, he's a... Uh, He's a throwback to the way movies used to be and should be made. <laughs> uh, yeah. and, and it's interesting. And, and, well, the reason why I brought up, you know, how I appreciate his passion is, um, and folks, don't worry, this isn't going to be a two-hour podcast. The, the the comic book story we're going to cover is like five pages right. long. Um, <laughs> so we we got to fill this with something. Mm. But, um, you know, I was reading uh, an interview that he did the other day, and he talks about how he wants to be like Harrison Ford, uh, referring, uh, he says basically like uh, how Harrison Ford is still doing Indiana Jones. I want to be able to still do Mission Impossible and Ethan Hunt in 20 mm-hmm. years. I want to keep doing it. Whereas Harrison Ford, it's not that he wanted to do it. It was just like they were going to do it anyways with or without him. And he's like, well, fine. You know, yeah. so like Harrison Ford like is like he, he likes acting and he, ta- he talks about acting, but he didn't really want to do more Indiana Jones. Whereas I like that Tom Cruise is like, yeah, I don't care if I'm known for this thing, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. uh, I, I love this. Right. You know, so, you know, yeah, I mean, I'm sure Harrison Ford got a dump truck of money to be indie one more time. So how do you say no to that? Oh, yeah. So uh, you ready to talk about this uh, comic book here? Mission Impossible number one. Let's do All it. Right. So uh, speaking of Tom Cruise and his uh, fearlessness, you know, I was just wishing that I, too, could be as fearless as one Tom Cruise. I mean, maybe if I was in a few more blockbusters, Hmm. aside from the zero that I've been in, uh, maybe I could live a more, uh, you know, a fearless life. Uh, Do you have anything that could maybe Hmm. help me out with that? Well, you know, Steve, we can't all be Tom Cruise, obviously. obviously. Uh, But... We can all wear a no fear shirt to let people know how little fear are we you try- have. And I happened. Are you trying to say that the no fear shirt of the week is back? It's back. I don't know how long it'll stick around, but it is back today. <laughs> I found a real gem. This is available for purchase right now on eBay for, I believe it was $79. All right, let's, uh, let's take a look at this beauty. And whoa. Oh, wow, wow. If only someone were around who could read this thing to us. I, I would love right. to uh, take okay, that. Without uh, further ado, without further ado, here it is: the No Fear Shirt of the Week. There are those who are born scared, afraid, and not willing to show some sack or guts. We eat those people for breakfast. No fear. <laughs> <laughs> wait a minute! Wait a minute! You eat them sack and all for breakfast. Sack and all. <laughs> You're not willing. If you're not willing to show me your sack, Steve, I'm gonna eat it. That's just alpha male shit, Steve. (laughs) They thought they were being so edgy. Sack. We're gonna put sack on this shirt, and it's gonna blow everyone's minds. Take that, liberal America. (laughs) This sounds like something you would see, like uh, at some like extreme right wing. Uh, gathering and just replace like there are those with like liberals are born scared or something. <laughs> <laughs> you don't like my sack, you get out of America. Yeah, you show me your sack, boy. I'm heterosexual. There's nothing gay about this. <laughs> yeah. You show me that sweet sack, or I'm gonna put it in my mouth. 
I'm not even wearing pants right now. Are you saying I'm un-American? Well, it looks like I'm not wearing pants because they're camouflage, like Jody and uh, <laughs> wow, Uncle How Sam. How odd that you reference an episode that we filmed an entire week ago wearing the exact same clothes. Yes. <laughs> well, I am wearing a No Fear shirt under here. Uh, uh, I'm wearing my not, not under my shirt. Uh, I have it wrapped around my genitals. around your sack. Yeah, uh, I have the No No yeah, Fear my sack. sack supporter. Uh, some people call it an athletic supporter, but it's No Fear brand is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, right. But anyways, yeah, I saw this gem. I saw this gem today, and uh, wow. <laughs> you were like, I had to have it, and you ordered sixty. Uh, but as Speaking of things you should order 60 of, I think we should dive into Mission Impossible, the comic book number one. And shoot, that's not it. Uh, There it is. Uh, That was the aforementioned Uncle Sam. Make sure you check that episode out. Um, So, uh, yeah, before we talk about the cover, let's uh, go into the, uh, well, not exactly that, the the backstory of a... um, of this uh, must-have comic book and um, as you can see it is a 48 page spectacular and we will not be going through all 48 pages I tell you that Uh, the uh, cover date is May of 1996 cover price is a whopping a whopping two dollars and ninety five cents spectacular and as we said uh, at the top of the show this was released to coincide with the first Mission Impossible movie and uh, here is the synopsis for the uh, second story, which is known sh- as Should Any of Your Agents, um, because we're not reading the first story because it sucks. Anyway, okay, it's called. Yeah, although it does have a very similar title, the first story, to uh, an episode of Star Trek. Oh, really? All right, well, we'll talk about it in a second. Okay, so here's the synopsis. Why Luther Stickle and Franz Krieger were disavowed from the Impossible Mission Force leading them to be recruited by Ethan in the movie. Uh, do you know the characters for which the synopsis speaks? I The only character whose name I've ever remembered is Ethan Hunt. I don't remember. I haven't seen a Mission Impossible movie in years. I don't remember any of these people. Well, let uh, me enlighten you. Uh, Luther Stickel is the, is the Ving Rhames character. Uh, okay, I remember Ving right. Rhames. He's actually been carried forward through, I think he's pretty much in every movie, almost, if I'm not mistaken. And, uh, yeah, and Franz Krieger like is uh, Jean Reno, uh, who was killed in the first movie. Do you remember the professional Jean Reno? Do you remember? I remember, oh, he's the actor from the movie, the yeah, professional? Yeah, Jean Reno, yeah. With Natalie Portman? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I remember that guy because he's in one of the, the movies I hate the most. <laughs> Uh, he's in a movie called Ronin, oh, you, uh, with Robert you, De Niro. Why do you hate Ronin so much? That movie, are you, do you like I that mean, movie? I mean, I haven't seen it in so long, I couldn't tell you. I mean, I didn't, I don't remember The dialogue it. is, oh. some of the worst dialogue I've ever heard in my life. Do you remember the scene where, like, the professional guy and Robert De Niro, they're like, I think they're like staking out somebody, I think they have a gun or something, mm-hmm. you know, and they're so having a little bit of chit-chat, and, uh, one of them... I think uh, the specialist guy turns to Robert De Niro. He goes, what do you want for Christmas? Mm-hmm. And Robert De Niro is like, my two front teeth. <laughs> and they have like this fucking laugh about yeah. it. And the whole movie is just full of shit like that. And the chasings are so long and boring. No, Steve, I, <laughs> I, I, I am appalled. That you I, like I that didn't movie. say I liked it. I just said I don't remember hating it as much as you do. I know. You, you're, just, you're just jacking to... Uh, <laughs> 
play like that. Was that the guy's name from that other movie? Uh, Just yeah, that's, anyway. Um, again, another reference to our previous episode about Uncle, yes, yes, Uncle sorry. Sam. Uh, hey, there was an actor named Just Jacket uh, in in a movie that we yeah, talked yeah. about. Anyway, okay, so we'll go to the credits here before we talk about the cover. And both of these stories, which uh, the first story is known as Through a Mirror Darkly, um, is... Uh, an... And there's an episode of Star Trek Enterprise called A Mirror Darkly. I'm sure the writer here, um, Marv Wolfman, who wrote um, both stories, uh, is probably familiar with that Star Trek episode. I mean, he's pretty much a seasoned comic book writer. He created Nova, Blade, uh, Deathstroke. Okay. Oh, what's up? Steve, I'm sorry. The uh, okay, okay. This is called Through a Mirror Darkly. Mm. Okay, the, the Star Trek episode is called In a Mirror Darkly. But yeah, pretty much the same time. Oh, thank you so much for correcting that. I don't think I would have been able to sleep tonight without knowing that. <laughs> 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 but, uh, but yeah, he's worked for all you know all the big two. He's worked on Spider Man, Captain America, Fantastic Four, and he was basically one of the architects of a Crisis on Infinite Earths for DC. Um, and the artist, artists on the first story, which, I mean, we're still not reading it, but I thought I'd, you know, shine a light on these guys. I mean, these guys are basically fill-in artists for, uh, for Marvel. Some guy named Pino Rinaldi, Rod Wingham, who sounds like a porn star in his own right. He did, uh... Oh, when, when I saw Rod Wingham, I, I thought of a Chief Wingham. Yeah, there's that too, yeah. He... Like, all, honestly, like, half the names here sound made. Yeah, yeah, right. Rod Wiggum, Andrew Wildman. <laughs> He's a real wild man. Who, who, di- who did the lettering, Steve? Um, I can tell you that in just a second. It was uh, Eddie Fear, or Ed Fear. Ed No Fear, actually, is what we call him <laughs> on streets. <laughs> nice. Oh, well done. Well done. Uh, but uh, but why, why we're really discussing this book is because the second story is drawn by our Rod, I mean God, <laughs> the guy who we're huge fans of. One, the, the buttons on our jeans. Right, and by drawn, I mean probably not drawn, but uh, it says it's drawn by Rob Liefeld and Extreme Studios. And Basically, whatever Rob Liefeld didn't feel like finishing, because he's always dev- late with his deadlines, he got one of his copycat artists to do, is what it sounds all right. like. Yeah, oh, I was, yeah, I was going to say, so you obviously read the story, I hope. Do you think that um, yeah. Rob Liefeld actually drew it? <laughs> I mean, he definitely did the yes, cover. He definitely and did. I've got I've got a lot to say about the cover. Mm-hmm. Um I don't think he did the story though. It doesn't really look like his art. Yeah, the sequentials uh, definitely look like it's uh I don't know, one of the interns at Extreme Studios and he was like, "Oh god, another licensed book. Get in here, Billy. You uh you're up." Just yeah. make sure you sort of draw it like me, and we're good. There's definitely some, like, Liefeldisms mm-hmm. in the art. Like, uh, you know, strange small noses. <laughs> you um, gotta have that. <laughs> odd feet right. or feet that go into a shadow, even though, like, there's no reason for mm-hmm. a shadow to be cast on the foot. Um, there weren't a lot of teeth. That's how I was like, oh, this isn't Right, wrong. right. And I'll never forget um, back... In uh, the 90s, probably a little bit earlier before this, when all of um, Rob's, all of Rob's extreme books were coming out from Image, and I swear it was like one every week. You had Youngblood, like Prophet, and then Brigade, 
and uh, Blood Strike, I think is one of them. And I asked my comic book owner, I was mm-hmm. like, wow, how does Rob Liefeld draw all these? And he's just like, <laughs> he just hires someone to draw it for him and then puts his name on it. And I was like, oh, <gasps> it, like, <laughs> it like blew my mind. I was like, people do that? And uh, clearly, I think that is what's going on here. And uh, and this story, which there barely is one, is also written by Marv Wolfman, who I just previously mentioned. And also, me and Rob, or, I mean Rob, me and Marv were like this. His table was adjacent from the Reptilian Media table at uh, the convention I went to, uh, Comic-Con Revolution, uh, last month. Oh. Uh, even though I never really spoke to him, but I was giving him like the... Hey, we're in the biz, right, buddy? I'll call you later. There was a lot of that going on. Um, nice, yeah. nice. I'm having a weird, weird day. My name's Adam. Where I'm from, I'm known as the Zero Thief. And depending on who you ask, some might say I'm the best thief. But believe it or not, even the best screws up every once in a while. And that's what I did, and I had to make a fast getaway. I ended up crash landing in this bizarre planet. Turns out, I didn't get away fast enough. These winged freaks followed me here. It's just us here, Zero Thief, on this empty backwards planet. So start talking, either to me or my blade. Okay, okay, I do have something to tell you. It's about the planet. It's not that empty. Come on, man, I thought you were gonna die. Come loose, cut me loose, behind you. Whoa! Ah! Thought I was done for. It was gonna be a light snack for a snarling creature. But then, she showed up, riding on the back of one of those monsters like it was nothing. And with a wave of her hand, the other razor-toothed beast just stomped away. I'd never seen anyone like her before in my life. I thought I'd say something clever. Thanks, uh, have you seen my ship? She gave me a look that said more than words ever could, because I think she was trying to read my mind or something. And from there, things just got even weirder. Issue 2, crowdfunding now. So uh, there's a sort of interesting backstory for this book. I mean, aside from it being a Mission Impossible uh, prequel, and uh, this like bit of trivia, if you will, is probably more interesting than uh, the story and the book itself. And that is the fact that I guess it got sent to Tom Cruise for his approval. Uh, and apparently he sent it back and said that Ethan Hunt was drawn too effeminately. Uh, so I have right on the screen right now, uh, the top is the unedited version. So here, this is supposed to be him in the top right corner, and he's got like that weird sort of Cheshire grin, like he's just been uh, perving mm-hmm. on a girl wearing stilts in an Uncle Sam costume. And uh, and then here's the edited version. <laughs> he's just, I don't know if it's much better, but it's just he just looks a little frowny. I mean, I don't think either look effeminate. Yeah, yeah I don't think so either. But um, I mean... I see that they also removed him from the middle panel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's weird. I, I I guess he thought like the shirt looked like a women's cut <laughs> shirt because like the sleeve is like very high up. It's like on his shoulder instead of over his bicep. Or is that is that maybe maybe he thought this is what uh, you know someone who uh, would be into that would be wearing to a club to show off their muscles or something. You know, 
I, yeah, I don't know. Like, I, I neither are particularly effeminate to me, but whatever. Well, he's very cautious about his image. Uh, so, if you happen to, uh, apparently, the uh, unedited versions were already shipped uh, to Europe, so they couldn't really like pull them back. So, if you happen to find a Mission Impossible number one with <laughs> supposedly uh, Ethan Hunt looking slightly effeminate, it uh, could be worth a little scratch. You know what I'm saying? Uh, no, the Scientologist will come and kill you if you have. <laughs> do not let anybody He'll, know. He'll uh, send his people, uh, Tom Cruise will. Uh, yes. So, on to Mission Impossible number one. And here we have the Rob Liefeld drawn cover. What are your thoughts of this cover drawn by our Rod we trust? Okay, so, um, I got several issues. Mm -hmm. First of all, there's not really a lot going on. There's a like most of this is white. Mm -hmm. <laughs> this cover is just a white background. Mm -hmm. But uh, the globe, what do you call that? Four globe separation thing? Do you know what that's uh, called? No, um, I think it's supposed to be like it's like if you took a globe and like laid it out flat, that's what it would look like. Yeah, you laid it out yeah. flat. Yeah, yeah, like the Earth really mm -hmm. is. Uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> But yeah, so it, it's and they always do this like globe thing when it's like spread out, like with like these like oval shapes, like four ovals, or something mm -hmm. like that. These are the most misshapen <laughs> shapes of Earth I've ever seen. First of all, way on the right side, what is that? There's like a little hook, yeah. and I'm not talking about the hook on his chain or whatever. Oh, like Earth is like, I see what you're talking about, and. Do you, I feel it's like a candy cane shape. Yeah, I feel like this wasn't even drawn by Rob. I feel like maybe this was like a drag and drop Photoshop. What do you think? You, you mean the background, yeah, the globe, the, uh, globe yeah. thing? I'm not sure that he drew it either. Um, however, if he was going to draw one of these, I would expect it to kind of look like this. <laughs> Yeah, but uh, there's other problems here. Um, Ethan Hunt definitely was drawn by Rob. Oh, we yeah. can tell because he's got the dead -eyed, his feet come to a he's point. Got the dead eyed Rob Liefeld stare. Yep, mm. a lot of teeth in that mouth. A lot of teeth. Ethan Hunt now has six pouches. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta have that. You got it. Did but did you notice, Steve, that Ethan Hunt is not centered to the globe? Yeah, mm. He's not centered to the book either. Like he's oh, like way yeah. too he's much off to... to the left. Uh, yeah, that, I think is that so they could have the that UPC in the bottom. I don't know. That's really weird. I think it's because if you center him, like maybe you his hand would his left hand would be off frame, but um, yes, or off cover or whatever. So and that might explain but... what's going on with the globe here. It's almost like they dragged it so we could take up more space on the side over here. Maybe well the globe's not centered right. either. Look at how much room white space there is on the left foot. Yeah, I don't know. Like this cover is a fucking mess. <laughs> it is very unprofessional. Yeah, it's uh it's pretty awful. Um, but you know, Rob was just so hot that Paramount and Marvel just couldn't say no. Uh, this is a Marvel comic, by the way. I forgot to mention that. Yeah, and his face looks like uh what's the character from Youngblood with the bow and Shaft. arrow? Uh, Shaft. Shaft. Yeah. Like it's the same shaft. It could face. be shaft. It could just be just the hair's a different color. Shatterstar. Yeah, either of those two. Yeah. Um, it's the classic Rob Liefeld face. And again, we're we're, we're fans of Rob. Fans. Huge, 
which is why I'm so disappointed with this cover because I know he can do better. Uh, and uh, what's go? What, Steve, what's going on? Where, where does his waist end and his genitals start? Like, look at the crotch area. What? Well, I think this is a. Uh... Why is his crotch so wide? Like his Yeah, this is what a lot of people it, complain about in regards to Rob Liefeld's work. Not us. We love it. We love it. Uh but uh yeah, I think uh maybe the It's like he has no crotch. Perspective. And like his legs are just coming out of his hip mm-hmm. uh, out of his like stomach. Yeah, the perspective is really weird. Um I don't know if it exactly works. I would probably say that it doesn't work. Uh I I think the problem is that the perspective on the upper body is different than the perspective on the lower body, mm-hmm. like his legs. Like it's like they're, it's like you're looking at them at two different angles. You would have to. And my question to you, Yael, is, uh, <laughs> so he's obviously being blown away by the explosion. Is he being blown towards a camera that is like sitting on the ground, or is like the angle coming from above and he's being blown up to it? I think the answer is both. <laughs> <laughs> it's both and neither. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, in a way, it's amazing, mm-hmm. like, all the things that are wrong with mm-hmm. it, and yet, when you first, like, glance at it, like, if you just glance at it, it's okay, mm-hmm. it's fine, but once you, like, start, like, looking at it, and, oh, I haven't even talked about his arms, mm-hmm. where do his forearms end and his biceps start, like, what are these arms? Oh, man, <laughs> I was thinking about posting this one in the Rob Liefeld Facebook group, uh, maybe I... I don't recommend it. <laughs> And, okay, last thing. His left arm, our right, his left. Um, so it's got, like, a little bit of his forearm exposed. Mm-hmm. There's, like, no wrist. Yeah. Yeah, it's... Like, I don't know. It's, like, forearm thickness, then suddenly a hand in a glove appears. Mm-hmm. I mean, I would say, I mean, just uh, this is sort of classic uh, licensed uh, property comic book in the way that everyone is probably just here for a paycheck. But you know what? But I will say, I bet Tom Cruise loved how manly and masculine oh. Ethan Hunt's face here. I mean, these are this is a sh- this is a jaw. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody draws <laughs> them more masculine than one Rob Liefeld. That's for sure. That's true. Maybe oh, I wonder if that's how he got involved. <laughs> I wonder if like if like Tom Cruise like, "Listen guys, fine, we can do the comic, but it's really important to me that Ethan Hunt looks masculine and is drawn by like whoever's really hot right now. And, uh, so yeah, yeah, so they went to Rob. So let's, uh, jump. Uh, Anything else to say about the cover here? I just, can you imagine you're an inker? (laughs) Cause inker, inkers can draw, Mm -hmm. right? Uh, they're they're artists as well. And you get this and this is what you have to ink. Yeah. It doesn't say (laughs) who, um, who inked, the cover, we can only assume that it's one of the guys from Extreme Studios. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, they're probably already used to this crap. They're yeah. lo- and, and, dude, how messed up is it that they didn't credit the actual artist by name? They just said Extreme Studios. They just wanted to put Rob Liefeld's name on this. That's it. I mean, that's fine. He did the cover, you know, so they could have said Rob Liefeld and, you know, uh, Tim Smith right. or just Jack and, you know, whoever did it. <laughs> And just jacket is just—he's working these days. He's everywhere. He is. Well, yeah. you know, you 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 can't work in the adult biz forever. You know. I mean, sadly, that is like a practice that I think has been going on uh, in the comic book industry for quite a while. Like they used to not even put—I mean, as you can see, aside from Rob Liefeld's name, 
like there's no writer's name on the cover um, or anyone else who was involved. And like that, I remember that was a big deal for a while, uh, especially in, in Marvel. They never put anyone's names who worked on it on the cover. Like they're just like, hey, this is just a Marvel book. That's all you need to know. But uh, that's another podcast. Yeah. Are you ready to jump into this riveting story? Yes, let's do all it. All right. It's going to take me a minute to get there. Um, you guys can check out the uh, first story on your own if you so desire. It doesn't have anything to do with the movies. It plays more like a, um, uh, you know, one of the TV episodes, more or less, I'd say. There's a really oddly drawn Jim Phelps, though. I will say that. <laughs> it's, like, it's like they couldn't decide if they wanted to make him look like the original Jim Phelps or if they wanted to make him look like... Uh, What's his name? Uh, what's her name's dad? Who was in the first uh, Mission Impossible movie? Um, I don't know, man. You're you're the fanboy here. <laughs> All right. Well, his name will come to me in a second. Um, let me bring up my notes here. Uh, not that I really need them. So yeah, basically, this is Mission Impossible. Should any of your agents? And it takes place in San Delvado, South America. I wonder if that's even a real place. <laughs> I don't know, but. It starts out with, um, we are with uh, Luther, the Ving Rhames character, and he's on the phone with uh, Kittredge, who is actually in the movie. They don't, I mean, they kind of show him in this, but uh, uh, whatever. And basically, he's uh, saying that, you know, Kittredge hired him uh, to do something for him, and Kittredge is all, well, we lost uh, so-and-so. Like, he's trying to get evidence about this uh, General uh, Filippo, basically, um, so they can bust him or whatever. And uh, so he's uh, throwing grenades. And again, this is the, the Ving Rhames character. Um, and this is the, the opening shot. Like, yeah, you can tell right off the bat, this is not uh, Rob Liefeld work. Although that foot there right. is a little questionable. What do you think? That's why I said there, there's a few like Rob Liefeldisms mm -hmm. uh, here and there. But uh, yeah, you can tell it's not not him yeah and it's obvious they don't have the rights to any of the actors licenses because that doesn't look like ving rames in the slightest um right so one thing i i do like how in i'm sorry go, uh, ahead. Uh, go right ahead i was just gonna say i do like how in the bottom panel the bad guys are shooting <laughs> what exactly they're like not shooting anywhere near him <laughs> yeah yeah they're like uh shooting at i guess the the vanishing point the columns. yeah yeah there's like a vanishing point in the middle of the page and that's what they're shooting at and he's over there so. off to the the left throwing uh throwing grenades um so uh so yeah we move on to the next page and uh basically it's more action and uh kittredge uh yelling at um luther here uh and this is basically where he tells him that you know you have to get to the uh the cd directly to, uh, from Dr. or the General Filippo or whatever his name is. Um, let's see. The ghost comes and penetrable. I never dreamed of it. Um, oh, yeah. And he's like saying, like, oh, uh, somebody hacked something? I'd never dream of it. Um, and then Kittred says, oh, that's not funny because I don't know if you remember or not, but Luther was like the big hacker guy for. Um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I do remember that. Um, so at least I will say compared to the other story, uh, this one has a lot of action in it. And I mean, I guess that's the extreme studio style. Um, what do you think about this bottom panel where basically Luther is jumping through a window and like rolling towards the edge of the roof? I mean, it, it's fine i guess there's just like um not a lot of backgrounds right in uh 
which again is another Rob Liefeldism, mm -hmm. like either like you know colors or gradients for the backgrounds, um, or very undetailed backgrounds. Like the very top, um, the very first panel at the top, it's just like a greenish background mm -hmm. with him at the computer, but he's it's all in black. Like it's it's like like him at the computer, so there's no detail. Sim in black, like like completely like filled yeah, silhouette, in silhouette, silhouette, silhouette. Yeah. Thank you. That's the word I was. Yeah, that's how uh, you can save a lot of time and money, <laughs> which yeah. is what license. Uh, at, at least, at least there's no copy paste like we saw in Youngblood. Oh one. man, like, I wish wow. I wish there was because people on uh, TikTok still pushes that video quite a bit even to this day. Uh, the the truth is coming yeah. out. No wonder Rob <laughs> exactly. hates us. Exactly. So moving on to the next page, uh, let's see what we got here. Um, uh, President, F basically, President Filippo and his men catch up to Luther, and they knock him out. Like, uh, there's really nothing. Again, we see a lot of guys in silhouette here. Um, this is like the first close-up of um, of Luther here, and man, he's got the weird squinty like a uh, bedrock. You know that big rock guy from? He mm -hmm. looks like bedrock. From Youngblood. Yeah, he does. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah he try basically, he's trying to get on a uh, hang glider, but yeah, the, the general and his silhouetted men show up and knock him out. Um, and so now we go to the next page, and we uh, see Krieger. He, too, is basically in the midst of uh, action. He's, um, uh, he's in some place called Azamar Aquestistan, <laughs> some, some more made-up place. And yeah, yeah, no, this is a real, yeah, place. I'm, I'm sure. Uh, sure. I remember the sure. Azamar Wars, man, terrible, terrible stuff. Mm, yes, so yes. he's basically doing um, surveillance on uh, some other organization, a woman in a white dress. Uh, and uh, basically, I mean, I guess he's supposed to be talking to Kittredge too. Um, he's basically like, Oh, I'm gonna, I'm going in stealth, and uh, he ends the radio transmission. Uh, jumps through the glass. He grabs the woman, like in the in the fourth panel here. He grabs the woman, and he's got a chloroform cloth like wrapped around her. <laughs> he's like, th and there's dudes around him with guns. He's shooting him, and at the same time, he's like saying how beautiful she is. Too bad I have to chloroform you. Of course I could. Here, let me do it in the Jean Renault voice. Of course I could leave you alone once you tell me where the white eagle is hiding himself. And uh, so, uh, like, is this your tactics? Like, when you go to the castle, do you, like, jump in through the window, threaten the chloroform women in order for them to go home with you? Is this what you would do? No, I use charm and guile. <laughs> guile? I figured you more like for Like an a idiot, like guy. a fool. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but, uh, but, yeah, what's, uh, what say you about what's going on here? I mean, I, I think you covered it pretty nicely. Uh, the the feet on the woman here. This is what I was talking about earlier, where like there's just suddenly like a shadow, like from her calf down, um, and it looks like she's got like how would you describe this foot? It, it, like a stiletto. It's like the stiletto heels also turn into stiletto legs, basically. Yeah, like I. You know those like spring things that you can like put on your feet to like make you jump. Oh, Nickelodeon moon shoes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's weird. It's a, it's a weird shape. It's remember Stevie Ray from WCW. Sure. He used to hit people oh, with that slapjack. weapon called a slapjack. Yeah. That's what her foot looks oh, like. Oh, and you're slapjack. talking about in the fourth panel down here. 
yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, Sorry, you know what? You know what? They're surrounded with. Oh, guns. I got you here. It looks like a kangaroo's leg. There you go. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. That's exactly uh, what it looks the, like. In the last panel here, uh, Kittredge, God, who looks like, looks like an alien, basically. I mean. Do you think Rob like slightly drew his face and then called the rest of the gang in here to like finish it basically? Um, I don't but, know. It's very Rob Liefeld like. Squinty eyes, um, but... weird like almost skeletal face. Ah, it's almost impossible. But anyway, yeah, the the weird plastic surgery mm-hmm. nose. And it's weird. What's up? Wait a minute, Steve. Oh my god. Oh my god. What? What? <laughs> okay. In the in the bottom panel, you know where they're surrounded by the guys with the mm-hmm. guns. Look at the first guy on the top left. Look at his finger, like on the trigger. Look how long his you finger mean is. Pinky. Now look. Now look at the other guy on the far right holding a gun. The, the one with the pinky. Oh, I didn't even notice the pinky, but yeah, that's terrible too. But the way he's like oh, holding the yeah, trigger, his hand like this, it's like a claw. Yeah, it's like stretched yeah. out, like Dalsim or oh, something. See, you just you didn't see that one Mission Impossible where Stretch Armstrong became bad and like joined. Oh, <laughs> I, I, yeah, yeah, I, I'm not as deep in the franchise. Yeah, yeah, that's the problem. Also, Steve, the the guy on the left, top mm-hmm. left, where? is his forearm coming from because that looks like somebody else's arm coming out because that can't possibly be anatomically connected to his bicep yeah that uh that is awful like classically bad rob life felt awful (laughs) but uh yeah but this isn't even rob life i actually this is in all seriousness rob liefeld would not have drawn this this poorly this is you remember oh my god her breast <laughs> on the bottom panel, like they're completely different sizes. I, I mean, like, and in real life, women's breasts are generally different sizes, but they're not exactly the same. But this is like noticeably yeah, different. Yeah, that's awful, absolutely awful. And the last thing is that I will say, uh, unless we can find any more <laughs> hidden gems here, is that showing Kittredge in the last panel here is so confusing. I thought he was actually showing up in the scene because he'd only been on the radio. Um, the whole time. Right. And I also thought it might have been a close up of Krieger here, but then I was like, no, the hairline is slightly they, they look like very similar. They look very yeah. similar. I thought it was the same guy too. I thought it was Kittredge. Uh yeah. But uh so in the in the bottom panel here, you know, look at his leg. The uh, <laughs> oh, our hero's leg oh, here. That's aw- that is like what? nightmare fuel. It's like he's um It looks it looks like an S yeah, almost. He's like, <laughs> Uh, a xenomorph is about to pop out or something or I, he's like stretch armstrong uh, also he, he's not well no, he's not definitely well. not he needs some like vitamin d or i, I don't know anything about vitamins yeah. i'm not even gonna pretend and, and and honestly like uh the woman in the third panel at the mm-hmm. top her hair looks just like uh kittredge's hair oh at the, the last same pan. hairline yeah Oof. Good God. So basically they're dragging and dropping hairlines is what you're speculating. I guess so. You know what? It's a good thing that uh, we, this story is only four pages long where we'd be here analyzing it forever. Yeah, yeah. Uh, did you notice that in the first story in this comic book, the, the first story that's like 33 pages long, uh-huh. they never shoot bullets. IMF never shoots bullets at anyone. They only shoot like stuff to like make them go to sleep uh-huh. and they make it very obvious like like they they're like oh they, like a guy gets shot and they're like oh you're gonna hate this when you wake up like they're always saying stuff like right. that I, f- I feel like that's but here throw back to the show but anyway continue 
Right, which I thought was like super mm -hmm. weird because they definitely shoot people dead in the mm -hmm. movies. But here in this panel, this guy like shoots them right in the yeah. heart. Oh, that's extreme studios, baby. They're always extreme. I guess so. Uh, yeah. yeah. All right. I'm 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 done with this. Uh. But yeah, I was gonna say uh, the tone between this story and the other one are completely different. This is straight up action, whereas the previous story is mostly just talking and exposition, uh, which is why we're not covering it because it's boring. Uh, uh, yeah. So yeah, moving on. So basically, Krieger is I don't know the loose cannon here. He's uh, shooting dudes all the while, still like hitting on this woman. And the woman is all, stop, don't shoot at him. Why, why would she care about, I mean, I guess that hasn't been revealed yet. She's like telling him not to shoot the men. And he's all, eh, beautiful and smart. I like that in a woman. Let's go. And she's like telling him to go to this, uh, this ma mosque. I was going to say mask. Um, or, and I forgot the important line from her. She's like, please do not hurt me. I will take you where the white eagle is. And she's telling him to go to this uh, mosque. And again, he's still like hitting on her with a gun to her head going, ah, I agree with his taste in homes and women. How close are you two? <laughs> so weird. Yeah, well, I don't know. It's almost as if like Rob, and again, like this doesn't feel like Marv Wolfman wrote this, even though his name was in the credits, because it's completely yeah. different than the other. This feels more like something Rob Liefeld would write. And I agree. Uh, all the while, you know, he's shooting dudes and hitting on girls at the same time. That's a Rob Liefeld thing right there, it sounds like to me. Yeah. Uh, so um, the girl is all, if you harm me, you will be punished. Um, and then so they go into the mosque. Like, again, you don't see them, like, walk through a door or anything. The next, the third panel is just them standing in this, on this massive, like, stone floor. It's a bird's eye view, and you can barely see them. Um, again, like weird panel, weird layouts, weird page layouts. Um, and so he's all like, uh, what are you waiting for? Where's your boss? And she goes, white Eagle is already here. Soldiers. And then the, um, fourth panel is damn it. Of course. And then the, the fifth panel is him very hilariously chloroforming the woman. And it's just. <laughs> and he's, he's, he's as he's doing it he's saying to himself i'm an idiot i thought the white eagle on your dress meant you belong to him now you say good night gracie and uh yeah she's he's basically cradling her in her arms and she's passed out and steve l look at her right leg oh god that's bad and like what is going on yeah. and her right hand too yeah this is like uh, I mean, you know, assuming he let's go with the idea that Rob drew this. This is Rob at his worst, like rushing. If it is him, like this is no, he didn't. Draw all right, this. I, this is this is not like his style at all. <laughs> and uh, so the final panel is just uh, Jean Renault saying, "Oh, I hate playing the fool." He shoots more silhouetted bad guys. Uh, this panel's kind of cool. Yeah, it's I like the angle that they went with. Um, yeah, it, it's like they did like a Dutch yes, angle. Yeah, well said. And so we'll move on to the next page. And uh, again, we're back running on the same roof as before with uh, Luther. And um, we never see him do it, but I guess he planted explosives into this mosque. And we never even see him hit like the, you know, the click, you know, the satisfying click mm -hmm. that you're supposed to show in every action movie. But he blows up the mosque. Of course, he's jumping towards camera with the um, explosion going on in the background. And he's saying, 
Guess they don't make these masks the way they used to. Especially when they're filled with a hundred tons of explosives. It's like, who are you talking to, man? <laughs> and, uh, and, and then we see another silhouette of, um, of Jean Renault here. And he's going, bad news and good news, Kittredge. I get the evidence you asked for. But there's no more guns for them to ship state. No, wait, I read that. I didn't get the evidence you asked for. But there's no more guns for them to ship stateside. Did you know that there were guns in that mosque? I, I thought like it came up earlier or somebody mentioned it, but I don't know. I, but, um, I feel like the only thing we knew is that he had to get the White Eagle. That's all we knew. Yeah, maybe. Um, but uh, the face here on um, Kittredge, <laughs> they didn't want to draw any facial details, so they just literally just filled in his face completely black, but like just from like his eyebrows, basically anything that would require you to draw features, eyes, nose, mouth, it's all just done in black. There's like a black triangle over his face. There's no other shadows being cast anywhere in the shot, so it makes no sense. What's the light source? Like, why not make, if you're going to do this to save you know, time or whatever, which is totally fine. I, I really don't have a problem with that at all, but make it make sense. Like, you, if anything, they fucked up by not putting more of him in shadow. Right, right. No, you're, you're absolutely right. It's supposed to be a shadow, but what he looks like is, do you know the DC character, The Question? Uh, I've heard of it, Well, yeah. he's a guy who literally doesn't have a face, and that's what he kind of looks like here. Although the question's face isn't black. It's just like flesh colored. But uh, yeah, that's uh, this is the question wearing black face, basically, which is terrible, terrible thing to say. Why did you say that? Yeah. yeah. Why? <laughs> well, I mean, isn't it weird too? like in the first story, they have Ethan Hunt, a white man, like disguise himself as a black guy. I, I thought he was um, disguised as um, like some weird like Polish chef or something. No, I thought that was somebody else. <laughs> that um, was another problem I had with the other story, but uh, is that because since we weren't used to the sorry, characters and what they looked like when they went into disguise, like I really had no idea who people were. Because at one point, like they, the, like the two uh, black guys are talking to each other, and one of them calls the other one Ethan. And they're both like IMF agents right, in disguise. Right. So I'm pretty sure, I mean, maybe I. I don't know. Maybe I mis misread it or misunderstood. Yeah. But, well, uh, it's the it was the '90s, you know. Uh, it was things weren't as sensitive back then as they are now, I guess. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, he's not in blackface. Right. Like he's he has like a mask sure. or whatever. Sure. sure. Um, but uh, oh yeah, yeah. It, it's it's page nine of the book, uh, eleven overall of the the file, mm. and um, it's after he, the guy that gets punched. That's Ethan. Oh, okay. Um, should we bring it Cause, up? Because <laughs> he says here, you've got to fix the way that tastes, referring to the fake blood capsule. Oh, right. And then the other guy says, Ethan, would you prefer to really to get hit in the face? Oh, right. Okay. All right. You got me. Yeah. So, anyways, it was just, just a strange choice. Yeah. <laughs> I thought. just uh, finish up the last two panels of this uh, riveted, riveting Extreme Studios. Yes, rock. yes. I, my apologies. <laughs> no problem. And basically, the way the story ends up is um, Kittredge disavows uh, both Luther and um, a Krieger, uh, as they were in the film. And uh, he's like, oh, I'm just going to pay them their money, and then that'll be it. And then it says to be continued in Mission Impossible, the movie. 
And that is the end of Mission Impossible, the comic book, uh, number one. So uh, anything else to add before we uh, render our verdict here? No, I, I think I'm ready. Okay. All right. Do you think that uh, our hold on, Agent Velasquez, do you think that Mission Impossible number one should be uh, remembered for all of human history or classified like government documents never to be heard from again? Uh, both stories were pretty rough read for me. Uh, I'm going to say obliterate it. Uh, but, you know, I'm not like the biggest fan of the franchise, so maybe you'll have a different. Take. Oh, no. I mean, this is an insult to comics <laughs> and uh, and the <laughs> franchise, I would say. I mean, if you're really desperate to know what happened to Luther and Krieger, I mean, that's kind of cool. But the fact that it was done so, you know, haphazardly and carelessly uh, by Rob and the Extreme Studios team, I mean, you're probably going to be uh, insulted, as I was. Uh, so, uh, bad mm. job all around, like, everyone. I mean, I would say, at least in the first story, again, which we didn't read, like, those fill-in artists, like, did a mediocre job. And this is, like, sub-mediocre, but at least it made for a decent episode. But that's still not a reason to keep around Mission Impossible number one. So, for all those reasons... You are obliterated. The heathens have spoken. You are obliterated. All right, well, nothing like being disappointed by uh, your favorite artist, Rob Liefeld, and mine. <laughs> yeah. Well, if he um... even drew it. If, if. I mean, I, I am 100% convinced he only did the cut. But, like, I would have been disappointed even more had there not been bizarre body horror-esque, like, limbs like we saw in this <laughs> issue. But, 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 it's, but it's like Rob Liefeld, like, he doesn't, he, he, he doesn't get anatomy wrong in that way in terms of, like, cause this guy's, like, literally, like, taking, like, what would be a straight bone and, like, having it curved. Like, he doesn't really do stuff like that. He he gets things, like, off in a different way, but it's kind of, like, more of his... I don't know. When Rob does it, it comes off more as a style. When he does it, it's cute. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. When Rob does it, it, it feels more like a stylistic kind of a thing sure. a lot of times. Sure, sure. Uh, I mean, sometimes you get, like, a disaster, like the Captain America right. cover. Uh, but uh, did I tell you that I... I think I'm going to send it to you that I found, like a Jim Lee drawing from the nineties where he basically did the exact same thing as that Captain America. Yeah, pose. I think he did send me that. Yeah. I think it was like Cyclops maybe. And it, it might've even been worse <laughs> than the, than the Rob Liefeld one. So I was like, Hey, you know, anybody can forget, uh, <laughs> what a rib cage a chest goes. <laughs> looks yeah, like. Yeah. Yeah. You should, um, there's someone on Instagram who does nothing but post like, uh, Rob Liefeld X-Men art. And it's just, it's just the best uh, for the most part. It's the oh, best. Yeah. I bet Rob Liefeld has his address. <laughs> uh, his family's address is that that person is in danger, right, whoever they may for be. Sure. But uh, yeah, so I guess that's going to do it for this episode of Security Now. Anything else to add, Mr. Velasquez, before we uh, sign off here? I am good to go, sir. 
Um, all right. Well, um, that's going to do it for this episode of Obscurity Now. Make sure you join us uh, next week as we continue to unearth even more obscure media only on Obscurity Now. See you next week. You've been enjoying Obscurity Now, a podcast that's recorded live to tape and streamed to Twitch and YouTube. Subscribe so you never miss an episode or hilarious quip. Take us with you by following the download links provided in the show notes to wherever you get podcasts. And take notice of our various social media links. If that's what you're into, I'm not here to judge. And make sure you join us live next week at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific as we continue to discuss more obscure media only on Obscurity Obscurity Now. Now.